The Eddie B. Sit edition, an audio series of the Talmud Bavli. Masechet Rosh Hashanah. Masechet Rosh Hashanah has been sponsored by Mr. Soli and Cheryl Mizrahi. Hashem Alehem Yihyu for the Hatzlacha of both of their families, for Bezat Hashem, health, happiness, Rabnasa, continued success, and of course, uh, much Nachat and uh, pleasure from their children. Hiratzon, in the Zechut of their dedication to the Masechet Rosh Hashanah, they will be Zochef for good judgment, they will be Zochef for good Beracha and Mazal in all their endeavors. Amen. Today's daf has been dedicated in honor of today's birthday of Michael Waba. Happy birthday from his wife. Daf Yud Zayin. Today's daf is being studied. Eliyahu Hayim Ben Shafia Sofia. The Nomar Amen. Today's daf is being studied Abraham ben Esther. Amen. We begin today's daf on Yud Zayin Amud Rishon, and we have seven lines. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Actually, eight lines from the top, starting with the words Push Israel Begufan. Let us just uh, remember where we're holding in this Gemara. We learned yesterday on a pasuk. That says Verav Chesed, and Betilel explained the word Verav Chesed means that God has an abundance of kindness. That is Matekelapechesed, which means that He tips the scales of the Benonim. That's something that's fifty-fifty. So Boyolam tips the scales in His favor in order that He should have a good judgment, and therefore they don't have to go to Gehinam. And on those people, David Melech wrote the chapter in Tehilim. When he said, Daloti veli Yehoshia, which is even though I am poor, Daloti, even though I am poor in mitzvot, I don't have enough mitzvot, veli Yehoshua, Yehoshia, still you saved me. Now, the Mephashim explained that that which Betel was talking about, this Benonim section, is talking about the deen that a person undergoes upon death, or at the time of Tehiyat HaMetim, which is the day of the Yom Adina Gadol Nora. However, regarding the yearly judgment on Rosh Hashanah, so this leniency is not said. That's the way the Mefarshim understand. So now we continue some other levels of people and what their fate is. Poshai Yisrael Begufan, those are considered the rebels of Israel. They, re- they rebel against Israel with their body. We'll see exactly how they do that. It's the rebels of the nations of the world, again, with their body. They descend to Gainam. And they remain there for 12 months. After 12 months, Their body is consumed and their soul is burned. And the wind comes and scatters their ashes under the soles of the feet of the Sadiqim. The Pasuk says, You will trample the wicked, for there will be ashes under the soles of your feet. So that's considered the level of so it's as if they get a little reward, you know, it doesn't sound like too much reward over here, but the reward is at least they end in some form close to the tzaddikim. So that's already a um, some zechut that they will have. Aval, however, haminim, minim are those people that have false interpretations of the Torah. They corrupt and pervert the meanings of the Torah. They call the minim. Their masorot. Those are the informers. Those are the ones that tell the government about Jewish people. And they hand over their money to the government. Their apikorsim. The apikorsim. 
those would be uh, those people that deny any of the, say, the principles. For example, they deny that the Torah was written by uh, God, or they deny Torah Shiva uh, Peh, or they uh, deny the fact that there's concept of prophecy. Those are apikorsim. Or some explain that those people, like Rashi says over here, apikoros, somebody that disparages a tamid hakam. So you have minim, masorot, apikorsim, shekafru Torah, And those people that have denied the Torah, Rashi says, omrim en Torah Those are the people that say, Torah is not from heaven. The shekafru bitchayat ha-metim, and those people that have denied the resurrection of the dead, the shepirshu midarchet sibur, and those people that have separated themselves from the community. Now, according to Rashi, Rashi says that that's just a general class of all the people that we mentioned above. All these people above, the minim, the masorot, the pigosim, the kofrim, they're part of the group that has separated themselves from the community. The next group, those that have instilled terror on earth, uh, into the people. So it says, what happens to these people? And furthermore, people that have sinned, and have caused others to sin as well. Like Yeruvaan ben Nevat and his friends. Yeruvaan ben Nevat, he was uh, living in the times of the first Bet HaMikdash, and he rerouted the Jewish people, instead of going to Yerushalayim for the Regalim, he rerouted them to uh, the north of Israel, the south of Israel, and... Uh, he caused them to worship Avodah Zarah. He caused, caused them to worship uh, two different agalim uh, calves that he had erected. So he was considered Choteh Umahati Ta'am. So the Gebarah says, What happens to all these people? Yordim Nagainam Venudunin Baledore Dorot. They go down to Gainam and they are punished there for eternity. And the Gemara substantiates this Shnei Amar v'yatzeu v'ra'u b'figreah nashim aposhim b. They will go out and see the corpses of the men that have rebelled against me. Now the uh, pasuk continues and says ki tolatam lo tamud v'isham lo tichbe v'ayud deraon lechol basar, which means the decay will not cease, the fire that consumes them will not be extinguished. Gehinam kaleh, then enam kalim. Gehinam will end, but they will not come to an end. Shene emar v'suram leballot sheol, which means it says, and their form will outlast sheol, which is gehinam. Ve'kol kachlama, why is such an extent? Me'pneshepash oyedehem bezebul, because they lay their hands against the zebul. What is the zevul? The Gemara will say, "Shneiman mezevul lo," because of his zevul. Ve'en zevul ela bet hamikdash. Zevul is a reference to the bet hamikdash. Shneiman bano baniti bet zevul lach. Shneiman Melik says, "I built a bet zevul." Ve'aldehem amra chana. And on these groups, Hana said, "Hashem yehatu meribav." That God. May those people that fight against you, may they be shattered. So you see over here, that these people over here, as if to say they outlast Gainam. What does that mean, they outlast Gainam? If Gainam ends, how can they outlast it? So explanations where Gainam ends for most people, Gainam will continue for eternity for these classes of people. So Gainam will end for the most of the people. However, it will not end for this group. They are deemed to rot for eternity. And the Gemara explains why. Because their actions affect the Bet HaMikdash. Either destroy the Bet HaMikdash or do not allow the Bet HaMikdash to be rebuilt. Comes the Gemara and says, Amar Abi Yitzchak Bar Abin. Abi Yitzchak Bar Abin says, Ufnehem domin l'shule akedera. Now, we learned on yesterday's daf that there is a group called the Benonim. And the Benonim, we said, 
are sent down into Gehinam, and they pray from Gehinam, and God hears their prayers and brings them out. And Hannah quoted a pasuk regarding these people. The pasuk says, "Hashem me'mitum hayeh morid sheol bayal." That he brings the people out of the sheol. He elevates them from the genam. So now the Gemara is going to explain uh, the uh, situation of this group. Comes Gemara and says, "Amar v'itzak bar Avin uftem domin l'shulei kedera." Their faces resemble the bottom of a pot. Which means their faces, when they come out of Gehinam, they're blackened. That these people that go down to Gehinam were from the most handsome of the handsome people living in the city of Mehoza. But because they live such a uh, lifestyle of pleasure, etc., that she says, they were uh, running after their pleasures. And they were also shmenim hayu. They were fat, which means they enjoyed life. But what's going to happen? Umekariyan benegeinam. They're always going to be called the sons of geinam. Which is even if they come, even after they come out of geinam, their face is going to remain black forever, and they're always going to be, so to speak, nicknamed the uh, children of geinam because their face is going to be blackened like the bottom of a pot. Because even if you scrub it and clean the bottom of the pot, it still remains blackened. So too their faces are going to be as such. Comes the Gemara and says, Amar Mor, we learned above, Betelel Omrim, Betelel said, Verav Chesed, the God has an abundance of kindness. And what we learn? Matekel Chesed. That Borei Olam tips the scales of the Benonim to kindness, and therefore they do not have to go to Gehinam. He argued on Bet Shammai. Also, the Gemara has a question. This is the third group, which is the Benonim. They're going to have to go into the fire. According to you, Betel, you say, no, the third group, the Benonim, are 50-50. They get tipped the scales. They get saved. But the Pasuk says the third group goes into the fires. Like Bet Shammai says, how do you learn this Pasuk? Ah, the ones that go into the fires, those are the people that rebel against God with their body. You just told me that they have no takana at all. The third group, Napasuf said, they'll go down into the fire temporarily, they'll be purified, they'll be brought out. How could you tell me that Poshay Sebe Gufan now are the third group? You just told me that Poshay Sebe Gufan stay in Gainam forever. So the Gemara says, When did we say that there's no Takana for the Poshay Sebe Gufan? Berov Avonot. Since we're talking about somebody that committed a majority of sins. So he's a Rasha. But in the majority of sins, he also has in the roster of his sins, he's Poshay Sebe Gufan. And therefore, majority of sins with those guys go to Gainam forever. However, But we're talking about an intermediate guy that's 50-50. But he also has a part of the roster of sins, these type of sins that are considered rebellious with their body. And therefore, it's not enough for this person to be punished sometime in Gainam, which means he's going to have to have a uh, Gainam. Why? Because even though he's 50-50, and we said 50-50, God tips the scales, but not for this guy. A guy that's a 50-50 that has also Poshay Gufan in his roster of sins, he's going to have to go down to Gainam. Which means if not, if it's just a regular 50-50, then God tips the scales in his favor. So therefore, it comes out according to Ben there's two types of Benonim. There's a Benoni with Poshay Gufan, and there's a Benoni without Poshay Gufan. A Benoni with Poshay Gufan has to go down to Gainam. Because that sin is, uh, can only be purged through the fires of Gehinnam. However, if it's just a 50-50 without that sin of Poshay Sebegufan, then already he's matekara pechay sebegufan, tips the scales in his favor. And the Gebarah will explain. Gebarah says, And David said about 
this group, Ahavti ki Yishma Hashem. Now, he explains it to say what? That uh, he was, David says, I am loved ki Yishma Hashem. So the Gibraltar is going to explain. Tarash What does it mean when the Pasuk says, I love when Hashem hears my voice? Which is a simple interpretation. I'm not going to see yourself negative Baruch Hu. B'nei Yisrael, Fana Borei Olam, Nibonosh Shalom, Master of the Universe. When am I considered beloved before you? Which is when uh, do you love me uh, the most? B'zman Shaita Shomeya Kol Tachanunai. When you listen to my voice of supplications, Daloti Yoshia. Even though I'm poor from the mitzvot, meaning I'm 50-50, I don't have enough mitzvot, it is fitting for you to save me. So again, this pasuk over here is a reference to the benonim, that the zichuyot do not tip the scale, daloti, but really Yoshia. And the Gemara is taking the pasuk and the derasha, instead of saying, ahavti, I like, it's learning as if it says, ahavtani, I am liked. When am I liked? When you, Borei Olam, answer my prayers. Now the Gemara is going to explain to us, what is this Poshei Yisrael? But actually, before we do that, I think it would be worthy just to review, at this point, the different levels of people that we discussed till now. You have the people that have more mitzvot. People that have more mitzvot, then already they go to Olam Abba immediately without any, without any delay. Then you have the people that are equally balanced, okay, and they do not have the sin of Poshoi Yisrael Begufan, so then already... Their scales are tipped. Then you have the guys that are equally balanced and they have Pushay Israel Begufam. So they're going to have to go down to Gehinnam for a while. They're going to cry out to God and God is going to answer them. And that's what Hannah said Murid Sheol Vayal. God will take these people out of Gehinnam. Now, you have another group which really the Gemara didn't talk about, but we have to extrapolate what the, what the faith of these people would be is people that have majority of sins. But they do not have the sin of Pusha'i Yisrael Begufan in their, uh, in their roster of sins. So the Mephashim uh, Tosfot explains that they go to Gainam for 12 months. And then after they go to Gainam, uh, they are saved. Then you have the people that have majority of sin with Pusha'i Yisrael Begufan. So then they go to Gainam for 12 months, then their souls are burnt. And we said that the ashes are spread under the feet of the tzaddikim. Then you have the minim, the apikorsim, uh, you have the uh, kofrim. So those type of people, geinam kalev em enam kalim. They go to geinam forever, and they stay there for eternity. Kamsi Gabran says, these Poshayisabigufan, what are they? Amarav Karkafta Delomanah Tefilin. A head that does not wear Tefilin. That's considered Poshayisabigufan with their body. Somebody does not put on Tefilin. Again, it's only talking about over here where he didn't put on the Tefilin because he has a disgust for the mitzvot. If he can't put on the Tefilin because it's had a bad stomach or for because uh, there's religious persecution at the time, that already is uh, not considered Poshay Israel Begufan. He has to do it with intention just because he wants to rebel against Hakadosh Baruchu. Now, uh, some want to say that this is also talking about he never wore Tefillin. Some have the Girsa, Karkafta, Delomanach Tefillin, the Olam. That he never wore Tefillin. But if he put on Tefillin even once, so already he's saved from this category. Comes the Gemara and says, Push'e umot ta'olam begufan. What's the case of Push'e umot ta'olam? The rebels of the Goyim. What's that considered? Kamarab ba'avera. This is talking about that they commit sins of gilui arayot. Tosfot in the bottom says, Sheken ben Noah muzar alav. The ben Noah is commanded on arayot. That would be, for example, uh, adultery, etc., and different type of illicit relations. Of course, Amisa is also commanded on arayot. The reason why it chose alayot for the goyim is because it couldn't choose tefillin. Tefillin does not apply to the goyim. So by the Jews, it's really tefillin and 
Other would be considered Pusha Isa Bigufan. But for the Ben Noah, but for them it's considered Dafka Arayot. Comes the Gemara and says, Vishinatnu Hitatam Be'eris Hayim. Those that have instilled fear in people's lives and terror, those people, uh, they're destroyed forever. Amar of Chazda, Zepanaz Amatil Emayetera, Ala Sibur Shalom Lashem Shamaim. It's talking about a leader of the community that instills excessive fear on the community. Not for the sake of heaven, which means he does so for his own personal kavod. Amar Yehuda, Amar Rav, Kol Panasamatil Ema Yitera Al Asibu Shalom Hashem Shamayim. Any leader that instills excessive fear in the community, not Hashem Shamayim, Eno Roe Ben Tamid Acham. His son, his children, are not going to be Tamid Achamim. Because the pasuk says Shneima Lachen Yireuhu Anashim. Says people are going to fear him. However, lo yir'ekul hachmedev, he is not going to see any people wise heart, which is he's not going to have any children that are tamideh hachamim. Comes again when I continue, betelel omrim, we learned about virav chesed. What does that chesed mean? God has excessive kinds, matekelapeh chesed. God tilts the scales. Now the Gemara is going to explain how does that work. You have 50-50. How does he tilt the scales exactly? What's the mechanics of this? The Gemara says, What does God do? The Gemara gives different opinions. Kovsho literally means he presses, which means he presses down the side of zechut, and that outweighs it. yichbosh. Which means he has mercy on us. How does he have mercy on us? Because he depresses and outweighs our sins. How does he do that? By pressing down our mitzvot. He pushes down the scale of the merit. That's to be the Isaac. To be Yosef, he actually lifts up some of the sins. He goes on the sin side. So if he lifts up some of the sins, automatically you can end up having more. He lifts the sin. Therefore, he overlooks the transgression. Rabbi Ishmael has a different understanding. Which means he removes the first two sins. Which means when the sins come to be weighed, he removes the first two sins from the scale. First two sins that a person commits, not part of the count. And that is the midah, uh, the attribute of God's kindness. Which means he doesn't press down, not on the Zichuyot side, he doesn't press down, not on the Averot uh, side, but he is Ma'avir Rishon. Ma'avir is he removes Rishon, Rishon. That's the way it works. So the Gebara says, But those sins are not erased. Because if let's say a person has a majority of sins, together, uh, with the first removed sin, so it's placed back on the scale and it is counted, which means like this. The only time that Bore Olam removes the first sin, and we say it benefits the, the person, which means he has to have an equal amount of sins, 50-50, at the time of judgment. So if he's 50-50, then God will take away one of the sins, the first one, Ma'abir Rishon Rishon, and now he's, the scale is automatically tipped. However, if going into judgment, he has majority of sin, so it's not going to help him to take away one sin, because he's going to be back to a 50-50. Which is the way he's learning is, the 50-50 is exact, at the time of judgment. Now, I take away the first sin, so when he removes it, now he becomes a tzaddik, because he has majority mitzvot. But if he goes into the time of judgment, even one, now you're going to say, oh, take away the first one. Now, now I'm a Benoni. Now it doesn't work that way. In that case, we split Benoni. Benoni is not enough. He learns to be strong. You actually have to have more uh, mitzvot. How do you do that? Being a Benoni with the rule of Ma'avir Rishon. Okay, that's the shita of Rabbi Ishmael. Ma'avir Rishon, he takes the first sin. Fine. Comes to Gabbana and says... Anybody that is ma'aviraz midot, which means he is, um, he lets things slide. He doesn't take retribution to people that attack him. Which means he doesn't do revenge against people. He has tolerance and so on and so forth. That she says ma'aviraz midotav she'enu midakdek limdod midah 
limtsarim oto. Yeah, he doesn't have to uh, uh, bring measure to those that are tormenting him. Umaniyah midotav. He leaves his midot. He walks. He walks. He steps aside his midot. Veolechlo, and he goes. That would be Maravir. He steps aside or he, he passes by his midot. He doesn't have to give them uh, retribution. So, what does it say about these people? Maravirim lo al kol peshav. So, as long as they relinquish him from all his sins. To does God pardon from sin? One who overlooks the sin that was committed against him. So therefore, Bani Alam says, you overlook, I also overlook. Now, Gibran tells the story. Ravuna, the son of Rabbi Yoshua, got sick, he became ill. So the papa went to visit him. So he said, Papa, so that Avuna was actually on the brink of death. He told the people there, you better get, uh, get the shrouds, get the techrichim. This rabbi is going to die. At the end, what happened? Avuna recovered. The papa was embarrassed to see him. Because the papa already wrote him off as dead. And now he came back to life. So so they told Ravuna, my Hazit, when you were on the brink of death, what did you see? Amar Leu in in Yes, you are you papa was hundred percent right. I was about to die. I was on the brink of death. But I heard a Kadosh Baruch Hu say, he told the angels, who il velo mokim bimile. Since he does not stand on principle, which means he's tolerant to people that wrong him, he lets them go. He doesn't, he's not strict with them. So what? Let him go. Do not, uh, do not stand against him. So therefore, you're right. The papa was right. I was supposed to die, but they gave me a pardon because of his behavior. And the Gemara says the sherit the end of that pasuk says, literally the sherit nachalato for the remnant of his heritage. She's alia is the fat of the, uh, the tail of the animal. That's the good portion of the meat of the animal. So they and kotz uh, is a thorn. So they're saying it's alia. You have a good piece of meat, but kotzpa. There's a there's a thorn in it. That's the way the Gemara says. Like uh, sometimes you have a you have a good idea, but there's a restriction on it. So you say it's a good thought, it's aliyah, but there's a little restriction. There's a snag in it. There's a kotzpah. What's the snag? It says, It says, This thing that God forgives, it's not for everybody. That's the aliyah. That's the nice part. That if God forgives people that are forgiving to others. However, it only says, It's only to some of his nakhala, but not all of the nakhala. To them, It's only some that makes himself like remnants. Which means he is truly a... He makes himself like scraps. Like he's, uh, he's insignificant. And which means his... his the reason why it's is because he feels himself humble. Not because the guy is going to say, well, Hashem will get this guy, and the uh, will punish him, or, you know, I'll wait uh, for another time. And that's already, you know, being Midot, but not for the right reasons. It has to come from humility, that you really feel that your friend is greater than you in certain, in certain ways. Then already, your sins will be overlooked. However, if sometimes a person might say, well, it's beneath my dignity to answer this guy. That guy, they're not going to be It has to be Someone that puts himself like remnants. Comes the Gibran continues. Ravuna Rame. Okay, Ravuna brought a contradiction in Pesukim Keti. One person says, Sadiq Hashem, Behold Rakaf. Sadiq is Mashma, the God has strict justice. Uchtiv the Hasid bechol maasav. Hasid is mashma that he judges a person mercifully. So make up your mind: is Borei a Sadiq or is he a Hasid? Hasid is mashma that he lets people slide. That's the Hamim. So you're the Betachila Sadiq. She's in the beginning. Borei Olam judges just Sadiq. Ul 
besof hasid. But when he sees that the world cannot exist with deen, so then Borei Olam becomes hasid. He has to let them go with hasid. Uh, uh, Similar uh, contradiction. The Bil Hazar Rameh. The Bil Hazar brought a contradiction for the Pesukim. Keti one Pesukimcha Adonai Hasid. To you, Borei Olam, you have Hasid. You have kindness. Uchti, but the Pesuk says Ki Atat Shalim Leish Kemaaseu. That you punish a person according to his deeds. Well, we just said Hasid. Now you tell me that you punish a person according to his deeds. Kabbalah says the same thing. In the beginning, in the beginning, God created the world as if it was strict justice. That whatever a person does is going to get punished. But at the end, at the end, treats the world with Hasid in order to give them a, a, a chance. Kabbalah says, that was a rabbi's name. The Amri le Ilfa, or some say his name was Ilfa Rameh. He brought a contradiction. Keti, one pasuk says, the Rav Hesed. That God is, has abundance of kindness. Uchtiv, the Emet. Emet is truth, implying strict justice. Again, in the beginning, God is Emet. But in the end, when he saw the world cannot exist with strict justice, so he went to become Rav Hesed. In order to give the world a chance. The Rav Hesed, the Emet. So Mori Olam became Rav Hesed when he saw the world cannot exist with Emet. The Rav Hesed, the Emet. Because he saw the Emet is too strong for them, so therefore he uh, judges them favorably. Now the Gemara says, Vayavor Hashem al Panav Vayikra. says, Hashem literally passed over Moshe. And proclaim, God passed over Panav, Moshe's face, and he called out. If the Pasuk didn't say this, we would not be allowed to say it. It's as if Baruch put on a talet, like a hazan. Why? Because it says, In the olden days, when they used to say the hazan used to go up to the teva, it was over teva. So the Pasuk says, Vayavor. It's as if Kadosh Baruch was the Hazan. He put on a talet and he went in front of the Ka'al. Ver'alo le Moshe seder tefillah. And he showed Moshe the order of the tefillah. Amar lo, and he told Moshe, Kodzeman, chisil chotim. Anytime the Jewish people sin, Ya'asu lefanai kaseder azeh v'ani mohel lahim. Jesus, let them follow this procedure and I will forgive them. And then he went on to say, Hashem, Hashem, Ken, Lachum, Vachanu, which is the 13 attributes of Hashem Baruch Hu, which we might say is the oldest tefillah on record. And this tefillah was written by Bari Olam himself. And God is telling Moshe, you, you do whatever the people have sinned, let them say these, uh, say magical words, so to speak. But let them say these words, and Bari Olam says, I will forgive them. Now, it should be noted that the Gibbalah doesn't say, let them say the words. It says, Ya'asu lefanai. They should uh, perform these midot. Which is not enough to read the Yag Midot. One has to emulate the Kadosh Baruch Hu. That's the real Sigulah of the Yag Midot. But the Kadosh Baruch Hu says, these are my attributes. And if you will fulfill the attributes as human beings, meaning you'll be merciful, you'll be forgiving, whatever the Midot are, then already what Allah says, I will forgive. That's a very important diuk, the word Ya'asu Lefanai. Now the Gebara explains. It says, Hashem, Hashem. Right? What's the double Hashem? God says, I am the merciful God before a person sins, and I am the merciful God after he sins. Before he makes, or after he, uh, after he sins, so he can make the Shuvah. Which means, it is a great mercy that God is before we sin. Well, what's the mercy? We didn't sin yet. Well, the mercy is that God knows we're going to sin, and still gives us life, and gives us the ability to sin. Yeah. Normally, if a king would know that somebody's going to rebel against him, kill him before. But Allah is Hashem before the sin. And after the sin, but Allah is patient with us, it doesn't obliterate us immediately. He gives us patience in order to make Teshuvah. Kel, Rahum, Vehanun. Then we have the rest of the Midot. Amar of Yehuda, Brit, Kiruta, Midot. We have a covenant regarding the 13 Adjus, She'enam, Ozrot, Rekam. That they do not go back empty handed. I mean, they always have an effect. Whatever it said, there's an affection. Right after the Yagmidot, God says, I'm going to make a covenant with you. And that was the covenant that what? 
that the Yagmidot is going to work. Like we say in the Tefillah, El Horetanu, God, you instructed us, Lomar Midot Shelosh Esre. You instructed us to say the Midot. Now, big mahlok and exactly how to split up the Yagmidot. How do you divide the Yagmidot up? Do you count Hashem Hashem as one of the, of two of the Midot? Do you start from the second Hashem? Do you skip both Hashem and start from Kel Rahum Vehanun? Noser Hesed? Lalafim? Is it considered one or is it considered two? So they have different Shitot amongst the Rishonim exactly how to uh, count. If you want to just look at the Tosafot quickly, the second Tosafot, Shloshasle Midot, Omer Benutam, the Shnesh Shemot Rishonim, Hem Shne Midot. So Tosafot learns Hashem, Hashem are considered two Midot. I'm merciful before the sin and I'm merciful after the sin if he repents. That's why That's four different midot. Nosei Avon is one, Dafesha, two, Vahata'a, three, Venake is four. Because we learned in Masechet uh, Yoma that each one of these is considered a different type of sin. Da'avonot, Elu Zedonot. Pesha'im, Elu Amiradim, that's done rebelliously. Vahata'ot, Elu Ashigagot, that's done by mistake. Omigilat Stalin, Rebbeinu Nesim, El Monim, Shem Rishon, Chiesh, Pesik, Ben Hashemot. According to Rebbeinu Nesim, you don't count the first Hashem. Because there's a Pasek after the first Hashem. So it's as if it's a Vayavor, Hashem Al-Panav, Vayikra Hashem and God called out. That's that's part of the pasuk. And God called out. And then the second Hashem is part of it. Mishum da'achi kamarkara. Hakadosh Baruch Hu sheshmo Hashem. God, its name is Hashem. Kara called out. Hashem nachum v'chanum v'nachum. So therefore, according to the Benu Nesim, you do not count the first Hashem, as if the pasuk is saying and vayikra. The, 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 the God that is called Hashem called out. Now, Nusir Chesed Alafim, Moneh Bishtim Midot. So they want to count that as two. Nusir Chesed is one. That God uh, rewards a person for his Chesed. And then, Ainu Midah Achad and Alafim. And he does it for 2,000 generations. That's another Midah. He doesn't only pay you back for the Chesed, but Alafim for 2,000 generations you get rewarded for the good deeds that you did. That shows us that the good midat tovah mirubah hamishmot al midot puranut, which means God's goodness is five hundred times greater than the negative. When it comes to the punishment, He only punishes for four generations. When He rewards, He rewards us for five hundred. The hatar ketiv al rebbeim, right? For four generations. Okay, we continue the gemara. Amar biyochanan gedolat shuvah shemekarat kezad dino shel adam. Great is Teshuvah, because it's able to tear up a decree, an evil decree against <coughs> against the person. Shnei Emar, and Gemara quotes Pasuk: Hashmen le'va'amazeh ve'oznav achbed ve'ainav ashah penyirev ve'ainav u'boznav yishmar ulbabo yavin ve'shav ve'rafalo. This over here is a prophecy regarding. Before Eris Yisrael became desolate. It says the people have a fattened heart. And the ears were hardened. And their eyes were sealed. Because if they were able to see and hear, they would understand with their heart. They would make repentance. They would make the shuvah, the shav, the rafalo, and they would be healed. Which means, the reason why the people uh, didn't, uh, they had fat uh, over their uh, heart, because they did not want to make teshuvah. And therefore, it's master that if they would have made the shuvah, if they would have made the shuvah, they would have been, uh, it would have been healed. So therefore, you see that the shuvah can even uh, nullify a decree. Which means they were stubborn in the times of the Navi. They didn't want to improve their situation. And therefore, they made themselves uh, deaf and blind. They didn't want to make the teshuvah. Master, but if they would have made the teshuvah, they would have been healed. Who told you? Maybe in this Pasuk of it, it's talking about before there was a Gezardin. You have to show me that. How do you know that after there's a decree already uh, decreed on a person, that the Shuvah works? Maybe this Pasuk only tells me that before Gezardin, 
Hakadosh Baruch Hu forgives a person and 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 and, and rips up the gezardin. How do you know after gezardin? So the Gemara says, "Now Amar le verafa loketiv." Rafa is 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 is, is past tense, and God will heal the person. What's something that needs a healing? Have you made gezardin? Ze gezardin, which is must be. It was told that there was a gezardin already. A sick person, what do you mean he's sick? He's, he needs a healing. Who needs a healing? Someone has a gazardin on him already. And the Pazuk saying, And he'll make the shuvah and he will be healed. Implying that he had a gazardin on him. Because the Pazuk says, meaning he's sick at this time. What do you mean he's sick? That means he has a gazardin on him. And therefore, If he makes the shuvah, then if the, the refuah will come. So therefore, he has the ability to tear up gazardin. The Gemara brings a question. Hashav bin Taim. If a person makes the Shuvah bin Taim, meaning between Rosh Hashanah and Kippur, Muhalim lo, they forgive him. Lo Shav bin Taim. If he doesn't make the Shuvah between Rosh Hashanah and Kippur, Afilu evi kol elen nevayot sheba'olam. If he brought all the rams from the place that's called Nevayot, they had fat rams in the city of Nevayot. Doesn't matter. Ain Muhalim lo. Which means after Kippur it's over. What do you mean? You just told me that a person can make the shura after Gezardin. So even after Kippur we should have an ability to change the Gezerah. What is the Gebarah telling me over Even if you want all the fat and rams, it's not going to help you. What do you mean? So the Gebarah says, Lakashya, Habi Yahid, Habi Sibur. Which means, an individual cannot overturn his decree after Yom Kippur. However, a Sibur... The community, they're able to tear up the decree against them, even after the Gzadin by making Teshuvah. So therefore, there's a, obviously there's a big power in the Sibur. A Sibur's decrees can be overturned, whereas Yahid, no. Comes the Gemara and says, what do we have a question? It says, the eyes of Hashem are on the land of Israel. Right? It says, from the beginning of the year, to the end of the year. Now, a team that tova, a team that ah. Sometimes God's eyes are on the land for good. Sometimes Hasbash Shalom, his eyes are on the land for bad. A team that tova ketzad. How does God look at the land for good? Let's say Barmanan, the Jewish people were the Sha'im on Rosh Hashanah. And therefore God said, very little rain this year, because they were the Sha'im. During the year the people made Teshuvah. And now what does God do? They made Teshuvah. Well, to add more rain to the Gezerah, you can't. Because already the Gezerah was made on Rosh Hashanah, how much rain it's going to be. So what does the Kadosh Baruch Hu do? Instead, God will bring the little amount of rain in the right time, on the land that needs it, everything according to the land. Which means, God will make that small amount of rain work for the people. It will come down at the right time, at the right land, and everything will work out. Now, sometimes God... We'll look at the land of Israel at the end of the year in a bad way. How? Let's say the Jewish people were Sadiqim Gimurim on Rosh Hashanah. They were good. And therefore God decides He's going to give them a lot of rain that year. What happened? The people went back to being bad. To take away from the rains, to reduce them, you can't. Why? Because the Gezerah, God said, I'm bringing a lot of rains. So what does he do? brings the rain down at the wrong time, and not an opportune time. Right on a land that does not need. And then, uh, therefore, what do you see over here? But the point over here is the Gabbara says, Letova. Mia dinayu velosiflehu. Which means, what are you talking about? You just told me, Rabbi Yohanan, that when the Sibur makes Teshuvah, God rips up Exardin. So here the Jewish people are not sure they were the Shaim. Fine. So you tell me, and God only said, give them a little rain. They say they made Teshuvah. So what does God do? Well, He can't change the Gezerah. He just takes that little rain and He utilizes it. He gives it to them in a good way. What are you talking? If you tell me Teshuvah rips up the Gezerah, let Him rip up the Gezerah of a little rain and let Him give Him a lot of rain. Why do you have to say that He has to use the little rain? If you tell me He rips up the Gezerah, rip up the Gezerah of a little rain and give, uh, give a lot of rain. And then we're talking about a Sibur over here. So the Gebarah says, Shani Atam De'efshar Be'acheh. 
Which means it's different in this case because God could do it without changing the Gizrah. God would rather not change the Gizrah. So in this case, He could give them good without changing the Gizrah, He'll do it. Meaning He could use the little amount of rain and give it to them in the right spots without having to rip up the Gizrah. But you're right, but if it was in a situation where, let's say, uh, the Gizrah is fully bad, so then you're right, boy, we'll rip up the Gizrah and do it for the, and change it. But in this case of it, since God is able to benefit the people without ripping up the Gizrah, so that's why it's done in such a way, by giving the rains in the proper times. We have another case. It says the Pasu, those are the people that go into the boats. Right? They work on the waters. says they see the wonders of God on the waters. Now what happens? It says, The, uh, the boat starts to shake. Because there's turbulence on the waters. So the boat starts to shake like a drunk person. Right? And now what happens? Actually the people on the boat stagger. Because uh, they like a drunk man, they, they, because the boat is shaking. Sorry, let's read again. God says, let there be a uh, stormy wind. And the uh, waves are going to raise, rise very high. The people on board are going to stagger like a drunkard. They're going to cry out to God in their time of distress. And God's going to answer them. They're going to give praise to Now if you look at that Pasuk of Tehilim, which means before this Pedasha in the Tehilim, there's a backwards nun. There's a Siman in the Tehilim. Look in the books. You'll see the Tehilim. It says a backwards nun inverted actually before this chapter and after this chapter. Now, Whenever you have a inverted nun in the Tehilim, that is like the Gebrazes, It has a status like the words Ach and Rak. Whenever you see Ach or Rak in the Torah, it's coming to minimize. It's coming to Lima'it. So this inverted nuns that are written before this parasha and after are coming to restrict the case. Why? That they're only going to be answered on the boat if they call out to God before the decree is issued. But if they, they're too late and they only cry out after the Gazardin, they're not going to be answered. Oh, what do you mean? That's a Sibur. They're on the boat even after Gazardin, according to the Bihanan, they should be able to break the decree. The people on the boat are considered individuals because they're really not part of the community. Each guy is a separate guy praying. It's not like, let's say, a family of people that made a gezerah on the family. Then it's considered a community. They can change the gezerah. Here, each one is considered an individual that happens to be on the boat. But they're not coming as a group or a family, and therefore they cannot change the judgment. The way the Mephashim explained. <coughs> Comes the Gemara and continues. Tashema. We have a story. Shala Bluria Giorit Trabangamlia. Bluria the Giorit, the convert, uh asked Rabangamliel. Kitib Toratchem, it says one in one Pasuk in your Torah, Ashelu Yisa Panim. That God does not show favoritism. My God is not partial to any person. Uhtiv Yisa Shem Panavelecha. But the Pasuk says that God is going to show favor to you. So make up your mind, does he show favor or doesn't he show favor? So the Rabbanga, he didn't, he, she didn't ask this question to Rabbanga directly. She asked it through a third party. So therefore, uh, Rabbanga sent back Rabbi Yosef Kohen to go answer. And he says like this, Amar la, so he said to Rabbi Yosef, lach mashal, I'll give you a mashal how to answer this. Let's say, somebody has a claim against his friend, you owe me a hundred. A hundred dollars, let's say. So the uh, the person that owes the money goes to the king and in front of the king says, I will pay uh, my creditor by this time. He does it in front of the king. And he swears by the life of the king that he's going to pay his debt on time. 
the time of the debt came, he didn't pay it. So the debtor comes to the king to appease him. Because after all, he swore on his life that he's going to pay. Listen, what you did to me and you embarrassed me, I forgive you. But I can't forgive you for what you did to your friend. No, appease your friend. The same thing with Bore Olam. Which means, <laughs> there's a difference. Bore Olam says, regarding the sins that you did to me, he says, I could show you favorites, I can forgive you. But, you can't come and ask me forgiveness what you did to your friend. I cannot show you favoritism. And therefore you have to go to your friend and appease him. Which is God can forgive the Ben Adam the Makom. But the Ben Adam the Havero. He says that you're going to have to take care of it yourself. I cannot show you favoritism. Now, uh, the Gemara concludes and says, Ad Sheba Rabbi Akiva Benimit, until Rabbi Akiva came along and said, Kan Kodem Gzardin, Kan Plehar Gzardin. Ah, which means here Rabbi Akiva says, no, another answer that when does God have uh, mercy on a person that's what, Kodim Zardi then God will show favoritism, if you make this level before the judgment is passed, good but after the judgment is passed in, in, uh, in the Hamim there's no, there's no mercy, so what do you see the question against Rabbi Hanan you told me that what Yafet Sa'aka even after Gizardin, but here Rabbi Akiva is telling me, no, after Gizardin, Yisafanim. There is no favoritism. So Kazakhan answers, We have to answer again that this is talking about an individual. Yes, an individual after Gizardin, Teshuvah is not going to help him. The Teshuvah cannot uh, overturn his sins. Rabbi Hanan was talking about a Sibur. What is a Sibur? Meaning a family. Jesus, there was a Gezerah against a group of people. And collectively they came and prayed. So the Gezerah can be overturned. So that's basically the Shita that we're learning today. At least according to Rabbi Hanan. That a Yahid cannot overturn a Gzardin. Even if he makes Teshuvah. He's got to catch it before the Gzardin. That's why he has to make Teshuvah before Yom Kippur. But if he doesn't, it's signed and sealed. But uh, Sibur has the ability to change it. And tomorrow's stuff, we're going to see that there's other opinions that hold that even a Yahid can overturn his Gezerah. Baruch Amen, Amen.